You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, how about those first two hours, gang? Sam Dixon talking about Russia, Putin, Carlson, and the United States, the whole global the whole global thing going on with <laughs> with who, Keith? With the one and only Sam Dixon. Well, <laughs> with Sam Dixon and of course our Jewish friends. Yeah, but well, what I was going to say though on this about the Nazi meme, that very came out, quick. Yeah, look, when you talk about Nazis to Americans, everybody's eyes start to glaze over. Nazis haven't been a real viable force in American politics since the uh, demise of George Lincoln Rockwell. Uh, the situation is that you know, Nazis to Americans gives you ideas of guys LARPing, live-action role-playing, dressed up in uh, Nazi uniforms and trying to goose-step around or something like that. They're not a factor over here. They apparently are a factor because that's the name that has been placed upon the Ukrainians who are adamantly anti-Russian. But, um, you know, another thing that Putin has mentioned before is that the Anglo-Saxons were responsible for Nord Stream or something. You know, come on, get real, Vladimir. Um, We want to take you seriously, (laughs) but, you know, the Anglo-Saxons in America are like the American Indians. Our ancestors for both groups used to control the landmass called the United States of America, but now the Anglo-Saxons, like the Indians, just live here, okay? There's another group, uh, the Jews, that actually runs America. You think he doesn't know that? He's got to know that. But on the other hand, I would have asked him if I were. uh, That's uh, why you weren't over there. Yeah, right. But the (laughs) thing is, see, I would have asked him, who do you think it is that's driving the American government to fund this war on behalf of the Ukraines? You know, we understand why you want Ukraine or why you want to have some control over the type of government they have. But on the other hand, what does America have to do with it? You said, Mr. Putin, directly that, you know, don't you have better things to do than to do this? Yeah, we do. But we have people in our government in high places that have a historic grudge against the Russian people, and they are driving our foreign policy. All right. Now, that said, uh, Arctos, this was brought up in the last hour. Arctos.com has a transcribed interview with Alexander Dugan, uh, with his take on the Putin interview, it's worth a read. We will uh, try to repost that at thepoliticalcesspool.org next week. A lot of good content at uh, thepoliticalcesspool.org this week, including uh, the aforementioned Paul Craig Roberts take, also a take from Identity Dixie, Tom Shackelford, really good take there. I think think Tom Shackelford's take is as good as anyone's. I think he gives It's at our website tonight, also at identitydixie.com. Exactly. Uh, but there's one more. If you if you li- liked uh, Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin, you'll love the hushed up series of interviews that Oliver Stone did with him. This actually was uh, put out by Showtime uh, back a few years ago now, about a half decade ago. Oliver Stone, uh, an Academy Award winning uh, director, 
mainly of political and war films, Oliver Stone, very well known. I mean, one of the most decorated American directors in, in cinematic history. Uh, the description reads, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Oscar-winning filmmaker Oliver Stone was granted unprecedented access to Russian President Vladimir Putin during more than a dozen interviews over two years with no topic off-limits. The remarkable uh, four-part documentary series provides intimate insight into Putin's personal and professional views, his life from his childhood under communism to his rise to power, his relationship with four U.S. presidents, and his surprising take on U.S.-Russian relations today witness the most detailed portrait of Putin ever granted to a Western interviewer. It was much better than Tucker's. I, I like Tucker's a lot, but I'm just saying this was made for television. It was a Showtime production. It was Oliver Stone. So it was made to be more entertaining. It was made to be more riveting. Uh, Tucker didn't do a bad job, but I'm just saying this, and we haven't posted. There was somebody out there who compiled all of this. He uploaded it to one of these second or third tier sharing websites i can't remember what it was whether it was rumble or BitChute or whatever but it's on our website tonight at thepoliticalcessible.org and it's far superior to the tucker carlson thing and you'll really get an insight into putin's mind but it's considerably longer and also, well, it's four hours it was it was four part series one hour piece it's four hours long and unfortunately it's not what you say but who says it oftentimes and uh as as renowned as uh you know uh Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone is. He doesn't compare in terms of international profile with Tucker Carlson. Well. It was Tucker Carlson. Well, look, I, 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 <laughs> I think mean, so. Tucker let him talk. But let me let let me just say this: uh, Oliver Stone, uh, you know, is important. But how many people in America, if before they heard it here, would have remembered Oliver Stone's interview and whatnot? It would take a specialized person that has. A lot of uh, I, you, a lot, lot of uh, background in this, like yourself, to Mr. Do that. and Mrs. TPC. Watch them both and tell me which one's more entertaining. I mean, that's all I'm saying. But I mean, no, of no, course, I, it well, would it be isn't. because they edited it, had professional editing. It wasn't a start to finish, one time interview. So yes, of course, the Showtime things. But they the know best, what they're doing. But the best thing, though, about Tucker is that he basically let Putin gave him his reign and said, you know. This is your interview, and we're going to listen to you, even if you bore us to death for 25 minutes with the history of Russia. <laughs> he did do that. Now, let's listen to Tucker after the fact. One of the ways you understand a society is through its infrastructure, the places where people gather, the places where they go to travel. You've got a lot of people in one place. It tells you a lot about the people. So with that in mind, we're standing in front of the Kievskaya metro station and the train station next to it. Now, the metro station was built by Joseph Stalin 70 years ago. And the question is, how's it doing now, after 70 years? So we went into it to take a look, and what we found shocked us. Now, that's not an endorsement of Stalin, who was bad, obviously, nor is it an endorsement of the current president, Vladimir Putin. You may not like him either. But it doesn't change the reality of what we saw, or more precisely, didn't see. There's no graffiti, there's no filth, there's no foul smells. There are no bums or drug addicts or rapists or people waiting to push you onto the train tracks and kill you. No, it's perfectly clean and orderly. And how do you explain that? We're not even going to guess. That's not our job. I'll do it. All right, all right let, let's just stop. I'll the guess. He, 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 hold on, Keith. He goes on for three minutes on that line. And that's what I love about Tucker Carlson. I cannot criticize 
in any way whatsoever, his interview with Vladimir Putin, I, I can say yeah, it wasn't as, as spit and shine and polished as a Showtime made-for-TV, Hollywood-directed feature by Oliver Stone. I enjoyed look that Look at the more. difference in how many people saw Oliver Stone and how many people All saw right, Tucker yeah, no, Carlson. No, Tucker's the man. All right, listen, I'm not saying – I give – all credit to Tucker Carlson. It was fantastic. All right. Is the perfect the enemy of the good? Well, we can make it. I mean, would we have done things differently? Would Sam Dixon have done things differently? Would James Edwards or Keith Alexander or David Duke? Or yeah, I mean, maybe. But I'm just saying what he did was a benefit to all of humanity. And then, but well, not just the interview with Putin, but then what you just heard. And you can go listen to that on X if you're still allowed or Twitter or whatever it's called. I'm not, I can't even, I don't even have time in the yard there anymore that you, they took it away from me. But uh, the, this thing, what I love about Tucker Carlson, where is he leading the people there? He's like, well, now listen, I went to a Moscow, which is 100% white. I went to a Moscow subway, and it's 100% clean. It's orderly. Nobody's waiting to Did kill the same you. same thing in it, Kiev, it, 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 in you Ukraine? Said, this was a video. Uh, this was a, a rat pulling a Cheeto down into all of this. Uh, and then he says in, in, in the United States, you can't live here, so on and so forth. Why is that? He doesn't say why it is, but he asked the question, and it leads people to an obvious conclusion. What is it, Keith? That uh, race, race is, is real. important. Yeah, yeah, right. Race is real. And the thing about Tucker, too, is it, uh, it really brings into focus Sam Dixon's comment that the action is a reaction. He got such a reaction, 200 million people within a week worldwide had listened to that uh, interview with Putin. Now, what have we got? Uh, you know, in America, we need to, we are a perfect example of the fact that before you go to destroying an institution because you think it will be better, be very careful because once you destroy something, you can't get it back. For example, can we restore the uh, uh, subway system in, uh, um, in New York City to what it was in 1950 or something when it was first built? or anywhere near what the Moscow system or the Kiev system is. Uh, same thing for public education. Public education was a shining example of Americans' uh, you know, competence in 1954 when the Brown decision came down. Nobody will mention it in the mainstream media, but compare the ranking of the American public education system today, which is like 38th or 39th in the world at the bottom of the first world, and what it used to be in 1954 before Brown came down, where it was number one in the world. See, th th this is stuff that Tucker does that, like he said, the unspoken part is important and the action is in the reaction from people. We'll be right back with some long-term reasons for optimism. Stay tuned, folks. We're still not done yet. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. 
You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. for you this hour, folks, as we like to share with you. There is long-term reasons for optimism. As a matter of fact, I spent the last uh, almost year and a half now giving a talk called Reasons for Optimism. It started with a talk at a countercurrents meeting back in the fall of 2022. All throughout last year, League of the South, American Renaissance, as recently as two weeks ago in Orlando, Florida at the Restore Freedom <laughs> Rally, there are reasons for optimism, and they continue to balloon. So, as I said last week during the Valentine's Day show with one of the girls, uh, the uh, the fundamentalists are going to inherit the earth. I mean, liberals only reproduce through the public education system, which is increasingly getting its comeuppance, and homeschooling is proliferating now more than ever. There will be a resorting. Our people, fundamentalists, even Muslims, uh, Amish, Mormons, whatever. The radical left wing, those who are in love with abortion, those who are in love with transgenderism and genital mutilation, homosexuality, uh, they're not reproducing. Who are reproducing? It is the, it is the fundamentalist. Not just white you know, it, it applies to the Jews, too. You know, the only people, only part of the Jewish population that is reproducing, having uh, more than replacement level re reproduction, are the ultra-Orthodox who go exclusively to yeshivas. They don't go to a normal college, and they are only rabbis. They Basically, most of them in Israel are on public assistance. So, But uh, the people that are making the money or producing the money are not the same people as produce the children and vice versa. You stop the influx at the border it doesn't matter what sub-saharan africa does you stop you plug the, the hole in the dike and you're fine because it is our people who are reproducing not them if you keep your kids out of public schools now here's here's some more hard data 86 percent of americans believe that joe biden is too old to serve as president that might not mean a lot to you 
But it means that the 14% who don't believe that he is or establishment liberals, as Brad Griffin writes, like Rachel Maddow, who are living in denial of reality. But here's another thing with regards to age. And this is interesting. As it stands today, a minority of Senate Republicans voted with Mitch McConnell to pass the tens of billions of dollars, which Sam Dixon was talking about earlier tonight, of foreign aid to Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. But the interesting thing is that McConnell couldn't persuade a majority of his own caucus to support it. House Speaker Mike Johnson, this is something that Steve King talked with us at length about two weeks ago on this very show. He's opposed to even holding a vote on it. The median age here is the very oldest. Now, this is Charlie Kirk. This is Charlie Kirk, who as recently as five years ago was kicking people out for saying anything like what would be heard on this program. He was kicking people out of his meetings for saying things like this. Now he is the living embodiment of the things that you would hear on this program. That's how fast it's changed. This is what Charlie Kirk wrote on his social media account. The vote on the latest Ukraine bill is a tale of two GOPs, the 22 yes votes that joined Democrats to send tens of billions of dollars to Zelensky while our border gapes like an open wound would uh, have an average age of 68.95 years old. The 26 Republicans who voted no have an average age of 58.78 years old, more than a full decade younger. In a voting body where the minimum constitutional age is 35, meaning you can't even be in the Congress unless you're 35, most people are 50 plus, that represents a clear generational divide. The six youngest Republican senators and 12 of the youngest 14 all voted no. Ten years ago, this would have been a unanimous vote. So what this shows, Keith, is that there is a changing of the guard that is happening even in the odious Republican Party. The party uh, of protecting America is rising. The party of perpetual war seems to be dying. This is hard data. But on the other hand, by the time things change, will we even have the same form of government? Well, you know, I don't care about that. I hope not. Well, well the thing is, is it going to be even more authoritarian in the future than it is now. God willing. And well, it'd be on our side. I know, but see, on the other hand... Well, what else are they going to do to us? They're going to put us in prison. They've already done everything but put us in prison. Well, what they've done is they've put us to the bottom of the totem pole in regard... Except we're rising now. Well, some of us are rising, okay? On the other hand, most people... You know, you read Identity Dixie, you read Oxnell uh, Descent... It's tough out there for working-class Americans. It's tough out there for lower-middle-class Americans. It's tough out there for large swaths of the upper-middle class. The only people that seem to be doing well are the people that parrot the Jewish line. That is not right. We've got to do something to change that dynamic. And we need to be sure that, uh, you know, we elect people that are going to represent our interests. If they're going to represent the interests of the Israelis or the Jews or the blacks or whatnot, then they don't deserve your vote. We've got to get people in here recruited for these positions. And the problem is the reason Jewish power and influence is so powerful in American politics is that you need millions of dollars just to run for Congress or to run for the Senate. Uh, you don't have that. Like in this primary, for example, Ron DeSantis complained in Iowa that in that minuscule caucus, which is like a primary, his enemies politically spent over $40 million just in <laughs> Iowa. See, that, that's, you know, 
Uh, money talks and BS walks. Well, now, you know, listen, how much money? Can you imagine that much money by these fat cats on failed candidates? And we're singing for nickels and dimes. And we have made, I will tell you this, we've made more of an impact. Everybody's parenting TPC now. I heard, I love Brother Nathaniel. I, I love him. He was on Stu Peter's show last week. Stu Peter said, what's the answer? He says, secession. I'm not saying you couldn't have gotten that. I mean, everybody knows that, I, I right? I mean, maybe. But, I mean, and you can learn through osmosis, and it can be. But I'm saying Charlie Kirk, all of these people who wouldn't have given us the time of day five years ago, you listen to them now, they sound just like us. Rush Limbaugh, who was, you know, if he had lived a little bit longer, maybe he could have come along, lived long enough to accept the truth and become one of us. He was mocking me on his show just a couple of weeks before he died, comparing me ridicule, in, in a ridiculing... Well, uh, remember when I came up with the uh, Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz and all of a sudden showed up in his show almost uh, every week? You know, is it, you know they uh, listen to People us. get it. Yeah, now they get, Things you know, are gradually... Sure you know, well, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a glacial move, but basically you're right. We have been trendsetters for a long time. And people, well, the Southern Party Law Center... For all their faults, and it's, you know, 999 out of 1,000, but they, they did do some sort of a study on the program with the most weight and the most connections and so on and so forth. And, and you know, and so Limbo- uh, on their opposition. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, not not on their side. But Limbaugh, who had mockingly compared us to Bull Connor, if he'd lived about a year longer, he would have been saying the exact same things we did because that's where conservative ink is trending towards. And I don't care about the credit. I care about what the right we, message we want is. The, they're getting it. We want. We are moving we in the right direction. We want real change in American politics because we cannot go down this path. If we do, it's going to end. I tell you, five years from now, five years from now, well, I got another thing for you. This is it. I mean, five years from now, this whole thing about standing with Israel is not even going to be a thing in conservatism. Christian Zionism, again, Brad Griffin here at OccidentalDescent.com writing, Christian Zionism is uh, proving to be a flash in the pan that was very popular among one generation and one country that was raised on television, and it's already on the way out. Here's the Jerusalem Post now. The Jerusalem Post writes, support for Israel among young evangelicals has plummeted by over 50% in just three years, Keith. I mean, this is what we're talking about, and I've talked about this in my talks over the course of the last people that listen to the internet are the ones who are changing their minds three years reasons for optimism so much has changed in the last three years three years 50 percent down posing a potential threat to Uh, the american backing i I read a very interesting article in the other day and it was about billy graham and i used to give a lot of uh importance to john nelson darby back in the 1820s we're coming up with uh the christian zionist uh uh, take on the Gospels and whatnot, and then on Cyrus Schofield and the Schofield Bible that was published in 1909. But I was being too much of an intellectual and a sophisticate by doing that. This article in the Underview said that the real blossoming of Christian Zionism occurred under the leadership of Billy Graham, who got onto uh, you know national network TV and had rallies in places like Madison Square Garden because he was backed by Jews. And he was the one who basically popularized this idea that he who blesses Israel is blessed and he who curses Israel is cursed. Uh, even though he knew the truth, we have uh, recordings from between him and Nixon 
talking about this, and he admitted, one, how powerful the Jews were, and two, what a pernicious influence on American life they were. Boy, I wish I could say it. And then on the other hand, Richard Nixon in reply said, well, don't let them know it. <laughs> and said, see, well, yeah. everybody, see, well, I think as Nixon, long as you Nixon won't talk about it, nothing's going to change. Nixon said he agreed, and he wished he could say it, but he, you know, he just couldn't. Well, I, I've got the real quote that, uh, you know, was in well, that, that was article, it. and what he did was, see, how much change was there in the attitude of the American political system about Jewish power and influence between the early 70s when Graham and uh, what Nixon changed? talked? No Internet. Right. No the, Internet the, back then. The, the internet, internet has changed everything. That's exactly right. The Internet, like you said, before the Internet, we were limited to putting flyers under windshield wipers on uh, the people's uh, I did that during the Buchanan campaign. I mean, the Internet was still relatively well, new I, I even in the during, late 90s. I did it during my political campaigns. But then, on the other hand, when the network came out, all of a sudden, right-wing voices were empowered, and that's what bothers the left it's so all, folks, you've won already. You just haven't seen it yet. It's coming. The the plant in the seed has blossomed. It just hasn't borne fruit yet. The pendulum is shifting in real time, observably so. We're going to win. We'll be right back. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Corey Myers. In his New York State civil fraud trial, former President Trump has been ordered to pay more than $350 million. USA's John Schaefer has details. He's also facing a three-year ban on conducting business in New York State. The judge also fined his sons and imposed a two-year business ban on them in New York. Allegations against Trump include artificially inflating his net worth to secure better loan terms. Trump contends that the case is politically driven and argues that since the banks profited, there's no victim. His legal team says they will appeal. A former FBI informant facing charges for allegedly lying about President Biden's involvement in his son Hunter's foreign business dealings. President Biden confirming the ex-informant's falsehoods and urged the House Republicans to drop their impeachment inquiry. Alexander Smirnov falsely claiming that executives of Ukrainian energy firm Burisma admitted to hiring Hunter Biden to access then-Vice President Biden. The indictment is a setback for House Republicans who have used Smirnov's allegations in their push to impeach the president. Egypt is reportedly building a refugee camp near the Gaza border in anticipation of potential conflicts if Israel attacks the southern city of Rafah. Despite Egypt's denial of preparing for refugees in the Sinai Peninsula, sources indicate to Reuters that an area is being readied near Gaza with basic facilities to shelter Palestinians if they flee across the border The upcoming crewed rocket launch from Florida's Space Coast is scheduled for next month. NASA announcing that three astronauts and a cosmonaut will embark on their journey to the ISS aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket on March 1st. This is USA News. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? 
low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com, MericaFirst.com. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. So uh, one thing we're talking about this hour is long-term reasons for optimism. And we were just talking about this article from the Jerusalem Post. Support for Israel among young evangelicals has plummeted by over 50% in just the last three years. And there's been so many things. If you've heard any of my public speeches in the last two years, so many reasons for optimism, so many, so much hard data. Uh, suggesting that our trends are moving in the right direction. Uh, other findings, according to the Jerusalem Post, as late as 2021, only 33.6% of young evangelicals under 30 supported Israel compared to 67.9% in 2018. That is a huge shift in a very short period of time. We're talking about, what? what is that, 34%? 
in three years. It's dropped at the same time in 2021. 24.3% of young evangelicals said they supported the Palestinians compared to only 5% three years before. This is huge, Keith. And lastly, moreover, nearly half. I hope you're not having too much trouble following numbers being spoken to you. If you need to read them, we're going to have this data up for you at thepoliticalcessible.org on Monday. Moreover, nearly half, 42.4% of young American evangelicals under 30 said that they supported neither Israel nor the Palestinians in 2021 compared to 25% in 2018. And that's my position. I don't support either of them. I support white Christians. I support white Christians. I don't support the Jews. I don't support the Arabs. I have an opinion on the war between the two, to be sure. But at the end of the day, neither of them are us. And so, therefore, I don't stand with either. You had mentioned before that uh, you thought that the Internet was the reason for that difference, a difference between how strong Christian Zionism was, let's say. I mean, that's in a, the a collapse of Christian Zionism in three years, an absolute collapse in just well, three I, years. Well, I think that it's more than just the Internet. And, you've, uh, by, you know, what has happened in the last three years, we, among others, and a lot of others, are now talking about Jewish power and influence in the Jew question, the J question. That what that wasn't being told before. You can have all the microphones, you can have all the media in the world, but if you don't bring up the topic, nothing changes. When you bring up the topic, things start to change. And I think that three-year change is due basically to the fact that now, with the Internet, we are discussing Jewish power and influence and being critical and being honest about what it is and backing it up with facts. There's this article in Rents Radio that they had of this, you know, of all the, you know, you know, showing you the numbers and the people putting names with it. They're in charge of hedge funds. They're in charge of uh, everything from the slave trade, the black slave trade back in the 19th century uh, forward. Everything, you know, they're in charge of uh, schools. They're in charge of the media. Uh, they're in charge of control over the stock ownership of uh, major, you know, Fortune 500 com- or Fortune 100 companies and Fortune 500 companies. That stuff is now getting out, and people are reading it, and it's having its effect. Okay, this is what we've got to do. We've got to keep on talking about it, and like Sam said, the action is in the reaction. We are now seeing a reaction to all of this, uh, you know planting of seeds that we've done over our 20-year span now and others are following suit like i saw that interview with you and Stu peters and Stu peters basically said who forgot about that one yeah. yeah yeah that was just a couple of weeks ago and he uh he was surprised and shocked but pleased that you mentioned the jews he thought he had me well, not only that, he showed that he was a fellow traveler. He feels That's the right. same way, and because you watched that one, I forgot I even did that. No, but see, all of that stuff—that—that's how the word is getting out. It's creeping out. You were at a convention that was not one of the normal conventions in the normal, you know, uh, right-wing uh, cadre of racial and uh, Jewish, you know, speakers. And by that, by that, day. you mean it wasn't one of our conferences. It wasn't Amrin. It wasn't Countercurrents. Uh, it was basically a group of people that want to not pay taxes and things like this. And you brought the message there. And from what I understand, you brought the house down. Well, I'll tell you about that very quickly, Keith, now that you bring it up. I mean, this is this just goes to show. And I did mention this. I think it was last week. 
may have been the week before when we were actually in Orlando with Steve King. Uh, Peter Brimler was on that show. Steve Stockman, another former congressman. I mean, you know, it just goes to show. I mean, <laughs> 10 years ago, could you imagine having two? Yeah, we're in conference. Could you have, no, it was, it was the Restore Freedom uh, rally. But could you imagine 10 years ago us saying, well, we had two former congressmen on the show that week. I mean, it would have never happened. That just goes to show how much things have been normalized and how much people are accepting it. Yeah, yeah tune in to uh, t- uh, 10 years ago and see what C- Charlie Kirk was saying then oh my God. compared well, to what he's saying never now. Have, uh, entertained any of these ideas it just uh, things are observably moving in our direction and it's not in in a slow way i mean it is year on year i guess year. it's not a coincidence that the uh, uh glaciers are melting in greenland at the same time <laughs> well i got a letter this the, this letter here uh this came in uh, earlier this year it's from a listener in doug in richmond virginia he writes uh, dear james uh I wanted to let you know that my first introduction to the political cesspool was your speech at Countercurrents. Now, that speech at Countercurrents was in the uh, October of 2022, and he found it online, and he's become uh, a supporter of the program. Well, I gave the exact same speech that I gave at Countercurrents to American Renaissance last fall, which was the same speech I gave to the gathering in Orlando two weeks ago. And it brought the house down. Now, here's the thing about that particular gathering. That particular gathering was mostly about taxes, alternative health, climate change, obviously, from our perspective, vaccines, conspiracy stuff. Uh, It was very good. Every speaker exceeded expectations. It was a wonderful thing. I'm not casting aspersions on it. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't know where I fit in with that particular gathering, talking about race and secession so and things didn't like that. So you didn't worry about fitting in. You just gave your speech. Well, I just said I may or may not fit in, but I'm going to give my talk. I'm here. I mean, this is what I'm passionate about. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to talk about. Standing ovation and dozens of people, dozens. I mean, there was about 200 people in attendance. That's a good, that's a well-attended conference. All right, 200 people and dozens of people. I spent two hours after my talk talking with people who said, I loved everything you said. I have thought about these things. I think exactly the way you do. I've been waiting to hear somebody publicly. I guarantee you some of those people are now political cesspool fans, probably listening right now. Had a lot of people ask for pictures and sign books and things like that. But here's the thing. I truly, it, it reaffirmed this, that if somebody with a bigger profile than I've got, would step into the moment and harness the energy. I think there are enough Americans there already. I mean, this was a conference, again, about taxes, about a lot of issues uh, on our wavelength, but not necessarily race and secession. I mean, that's that, that's like the last full measure. They loved it. I didn't hear one negative comment, and I heard a lot of people coming up and saying, this is what I've been waiting to hear. Where, where have you been? And I'm saying if somebody with a national profile, I mean, we've done so much here with the political cesspool. I mean, Hillary Clinton has denounced us. A Donald Trump campaign had to answer to us. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, you know, if he'd have lived a little bit longer, he would have embraced us rather than mocking us as being Bull Connor, which I always stand on the side of Bull Connor. But what I'm saying is the people were ready and the people are ready. Somebody on a national level, we've done what we can in media. We've done a lot. A lot of people are sounding like the political cesspool now if you listen to them. I'm telling you, and they know who we are. They all know who we are. Whether we get the credit or not, don't give us the credit. Just just give us 
just continue the message. Yeah, just, but I'm just telling you, if somebody with an, if Donald Trump would embrace this message, there is an there is a population out there waiting for it. We need our guy to step into the moment and harness the energy. Well, it's like the old saying, if a tree falls down in the forest, does it make a sound? It doesn't make a sound if nobody's there to listen. But if the tree, same tree falls down in the middle of uh, New York City, it makes a bigger noise. And it makes a noise. And that's what's happening now. People are now learning that you can say these things and that it has a good audience. It will, uh, you know, it's, it's the truth. And the truth will set you well, free. Well, that's it. I mean, no more, no less. If you were at the League of the South last fall, if you were at Amron last year, if you were at Countercurrents two years ago, it was the same speech, almost word for word. Now, I did go because this audience wasn't as familiar with me this as a, those this was audiences. was a new audience, so it was a new message for those people. Now, the only thing I did differently with this audience was I spent a little more time sort of explaining to them who I am and where I've been and some of my you know, bona fides. But besides that, it was the same speech that I've given for the last two years, and it was eaten up. I, I don't mean that like they ate it up like they're dogs. These are intelligent, smart people. And I'll tell you this, Keith, I didn't even mention what you love to talk about. I didn't even mention the Jews in, in this particular talk. Because it's a different, they came, I had so many people come up and said, wait, you know, but the, you know, the real thing is the Jews. Over and over and over, this, thing, this is a, like a tax conference. People are there, and they're waiting for the man you know, who will step in and harness the energy. The moment they're has there. arrived, I'm has telling man you, arrived. I'm telling you, they're there. Half step to the right of Comrade Stalin. They're waiting for somebody who will step into the moment and be our guy. Be their leader. We do what we can here. We'll be right back. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net.
Well, Keith, you know, it's been three weeks. It was three weeks ago tonight that we were last in the studio together. I've been on the road the last two weeks, obviously, two weeks ago tonight in Orlando with Steve King. Steve Stockman was on that program. Uh, Peter Bremelo, constitutional scholar, Michael Gaddy. Then last week was the Valentine's Day show with all the ladies, which is always a lot of fun and a lot of good music, too. But we're back. Uh, how do you think we did? I think we did great. I, I tell you, I enjoyed a three-week vacation. I basically recharged my, <laughs> I recharged my battery. And, of course, in the meantime, you had this Tucker Carlson-Vladimir Putin interview, which I think, you know, you can't overestimate the effect that that has had. I think the best effect has been that people who have become designated enemies of the United States, like the Russian government or the Chinese government, other groups like that, they now have hope that there's a chance to get their message across to the American people. As Vladimir Putin said, it's hard to beat uh, the American government when it comes to propaganda. <laughs> and they're right. But this is the way to do it. The same way that we're talking about just in the last segment, through the Internet. That's, that's where... People go for real news. Well, nowadays. through the internet, certainly alternative media. I mean, we're still here on an AM talk radio, and then you've got publications like the American Free Press. By the way, I missed the last couple of issues. I was on the road. People who uh, subscribed yeah, to the ask you about <laughs> I was on the road, and so I don't always make a deadline. It wasn't the paper's fault. That was my fault. There will be something in the forthcoming issue about the meeting in Orlando with a nice picture of all of us there in Orlando. Now, I have, uh, I do have a couple of interviews with both Sam Dixon and Kevin McDonald uh, that were so good and so lengthy that uh, they actually have been repurposed by the folks at American Free Press for the Barnes Review. So you're going to get those two uh, but they didn't want to cut and edit any of it, so they're putting them all let, in let its entirety in the Barnes Review. They're being repurposed from American Free Press, Sam Dixon, Kevin McDonald, to the Barnes Review. If they're, not on your, on if they're not on your reading list yet, you need to read every issue of the American Free Press and the Barnes Review. If you want real history rather than court historian history on all of these, you know, what has happened, which – the, the events like World Wars One and Two and have come to shape modern life, this is where you go, and you can find out where we went wrong in all of those uh, historical events. Well, so that's coming up in American Free Press and Barnes Review. I've got stuff all over the place. I mean, but it's going to hit, and uh, the interviews, uh, the print Q&A interviews with McDonald and Dixon, especially for Barnes Review, a little bit more lengthy, but uh, be sure to get that. And for the American Free Press <laughs> subscribers, going to have uh, my uh, uh, article along with Rick Tyler, who, by the way, was there in Orlando with me. And, uh, well, he was on the show yeah, a couple weeks, too. And, and really, he gave a great uh, uh, speech or a great uh, contribution to that sure show. Sure he did. Sure he gave a great contribution to the show, and he contributed to the article, which is going to be in the next American Free Press, and then we'll be back to business as usual. But I got more anecdotal news for you. We've given you some statistics about the collapse of Christian Zionism and, and some other things we've been covering and tonight in the last two or three years. But I was talking to a businessman, and I'm not going to tell you his name or his business or even where he's located. But uh, there was another collection of businessmen who wanted to sort of uh, invite him into the club because he's you know a guy that's got a degree of success that exceeds that of most of us. 
And he said, well, you know, I, I want to be a part of this, but I got to tell you, I'm a pro-white activist. And when you, I know you're going to do a background search of my company, but me as well, and this is what you're going to find. And they said, okay, well, let us, you know, let us get back to you. And he thought he wouldn't hear from him again. And a few days later, they called back and said, not only do we still want you to be a part of it, we love everything. We, 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 we want you more than ever. Yeah, well, there's that. And then the mayor of the town that this businessman resides in recommended him for uh, a position as well. And he never talked to the mayor. And he was trying to figure out, well, how does the mayor know me? Why is he recommending me? Uh, I've never met him, never talked to him. He doesn't know me. Why am I being recommended? And uh, he surmised it was because that he had been in the news having opposed Antifa in this particular small town, Southern city, a relatively small town, Southern city. And so this is what I'm saying, folks. I mean, you got hard data, you got anecdotal data, like this businessman who's being sort of invited into the club by saying, Hey, listen, we not only do we know what you're about. I like it. I like it. And how, how do you expect to overcome Antifa or black lives matter? If you get the same old cowardly suspects coming into your government? Well, he wants somebody that will oppose the forces of deterioration and degradation in American society today. And, uh, you know, that's us. Well, I'm just telling you, you're going to see, folks, the shift is already occurring. We're going to win. Everybody, as I said, everybody sounds like TPC now. I, you, you go to a lot of these people. 20 years ago, there's one game in town on regularly scheduled broadcast media. We're it. All of the hits we've taken over all these years. Now, so many people are sounding like us. I don't begrudge them. Be late to the party. Just give the right message. Yeah, I don't care if you copy us. Do it and do it better than we ever could and reach more than we ever have. I don't need recognition. Just do the work. Let our people glorify. Let our people be advanced. No hard feelings here, even though you probably attacked us a couple of years ago for saying the same things you're saying now. That's fine. Our people is the main thing. The shift is already occurring. Standing ovation in Orlando. We're going places. Go and tell Moses, let our people go. <laughs> one more thing. I just got to get back to this one thing that we I don't think we covered enough with the Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin interview. Uh, the after interview commentaries that Tucker gave around in and around Moscow, how Moscow radicalized him. That's the word he used. Tucker Carlson pointed out that he's 54 years old and he grew up in an America that had nice, safe, and beautiful cities. And he said, in quote, we no longer have them, end quote. He said it was radicalizing. That's the adjective he used to see Moscow, quote, cleaner, safer, and prettier than American cities. While in the U.S., one can't ride the subway in New York City because they're dirty and unsafe. Now, Keith, we touched on this before, but I think it's worth going back to. Well, that's exactly right. See, like the Bible says, do not be deceived, you shall know them by their fruits. Has diversification and racial diversity been a plus or a minus for America? As Tucker observed without actually saying so, it obviously has been a minus. Has the racial integration of public education been a plus or minus for American schools? And for the people of America who rely on public education to educate their children, well, look at the fruit. Look at what look look at the schools like in Memphis that were once all white and now are almost all black. And listen to what's being said in those schools. Look at the achievement scores of those schools. 
Has it been a plus or a minus? It's obviously been a minus to have racial integration in the schools. When will people be like the little boy that told the emperor that he had no clothes? That's what the left has done. Well, nothing. October 26, 2004 for us. <laughs> and every day since then, I got we got high praise tonight, Keith. You ready for this? I'm ready. Are you ready? A great show tonight. I don't know how y'all continue to raise the bar. Son, this is the high point of my week. That's my dad listening tonight, Keith. Wonderful. How about that? You always want to make your dad proud. That's right, yeah. Well, I love you, Dad. I'm glad you're listening tonight. Yep. You know, we're not the type of people that disown our parents like the left does. There's no better recommendation than the recommendation you get from your father nah, and your it's mother. it's an honor. It's an honor. Even at uh, – I have to look at the calendar now to even know it. I don't even know how you do it, Keith. Even now, I have to look at the calendar to realize how old I am. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> As Sam pointed out, I'm, I'm, uh, he and I are both long in the tooth. 44 years old. It still means the world to me to have the uh, compliments of my parents. but um, Compliments of both. the older generation, too. You know, we don't put down the older generation. They basically had to live through this, and they're the ones that, you know, uh, their commentaries and their accolades are the most important. You want to make your parents and your betters proud. Uh, Keith, one more thing. We didn't even get to this. Super Bowl happened last week. Don't know if you watched that, but you might have heard that uh, there were uh, about a dozen people shot at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl championship parade. I wonder what type of people week. they were that were shooting over there. Well, they called them juveniles. So that's all you need. They don't even use the euphemism teens anymore because that has been or so. Youth. Yeah, not even teens or youth. Now it's just juveniles. Well, they were black. Now you would think 12 people getting shot. At least one, maybe more than that now, fatalities at a Super Bowl parade for the you know the NFL champions, that that would get more news. But as soon as it turned out to be black shooters, that was snuffed out. All of a sudden, it, was, it, it, it disappeared. You know, Media narrative chart. Yeah, our media narrative chart, we need to publish that again and let people see it. It's just as valid now as it was, what, 10, 15 years ago when we first published it. Uh, any event, yeah, you would definitely have thought that 12 people being shot at the – because the NFL is the most popular, so they say, of all the four major American sports. 12 people being shot at the Super Bowl parade would have made news, and surely it would have had only been the victims black and the perpetrators white, but that just doesn't happen but, in but the yeah, world. But if, if the shoes had been white, we'd be hearing about it by kickoff of the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> Sam Dixon, Keith Alexander. Keith Alexander the Great, Sam Dixon the... Greater. (laughs) I'm just James, but I'll see you next week, folks. One more week, and then we're going to get into two months of special programming here, March around the world and Confederate History Month and March and April, respectively. One more week before then, what we'll have in store for you? Well, you got to tune in next week to find out. Good night, everybody. God bless you. Godspeed. God save the South. God save our people, the West. God save Russia. Good night. Good night.